Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 29 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. The Rangers coming off of an impressive 4-0 shellacking of the New Jersey Devils on the road in the Prudential Center. Alex Georgiev with his first shutout of the season, a 33-save shutout to be exact. It's not one of those games where, you know, he had to stand on his head from, from start to finish, although he did have a lot of very impressive saves in this one, and he did get better as the game went. I didn't think he was tested so much early in the game, and a lot of times I think goalies want to make a few early saves just to kind of jump into the game. Like we said, you know, not a whole lot of action for Georgiev early, but as soon as the Devils started getting the puck at the net, he was there, he was ready, he made a lot of really nice saves. A lot of really nice stops from Georgiev when the score was just one nothing. when the Rangers really needed him. The Rangers, for the most part, had the better play, really, throughout this entire game. But for a long time, until the third period, it was just one to nothing. And a lot of Georgiev's best saves of this game occurred when it was just one nothing, and a lot of those saves resulted in the Rangers hanging on to the lead. If he gives up a goal there, if he gives up the equalizer, I mean, who knows what can happen. Maybe the game swings the other way, but Georgiev was clutch tonight. A great performance by the 23-year-old. It was a game where the Rangers took entirely too many penalties. I mean, what else is new? But credit where it's due, the penalty kill was phenomenal in this game. They kill off all eight Yes, eight New Jersey power plays, and they also score a pair of shorthanded goals in the third period. Those two goals boosted the Ranger lead from one nothing to 3 nothing, and really allowed them to take a stranglehold on this game. Because, like we said, you know, the Rangers had the better play. They were the better team out there on the ice for pretty much this entire game, but just a one nothing lead to show for it for most of this game. And those two shorthanded goals really turned the tide, really allowed the Rangers to take control and essentially not quite seal the win, but certainly put themselves on track to go on to claim the victory. And if you remember, Georgia's last start came in that wild game in Montreal. The Rangers falling behind 4-0 in that one and roaring back to win 6-5. That's basically what started this entire streak that the Rangers are on. Rangers now, of course, 4-0-1 in their last five games, and it all started on that night in Montreal when, with Georgiev and Net. Now, Georgiev did not play well early in that game. Gave up a couple, I'd say probably at least three soft goals in that game, and that was a big part of the reason why the Rangers fell into such a hole. But you know what? He hung in there. He battled back after that. It's easy if you're a goalie to kind of just put your tail between your legs in a spot like that and just kind of think, well, you know, it's not my night. But he made some clutch saves late in that game that allowed the Rangers to hang on for the 6-5 win. So, you know, really, it was just a bad first period for the most part against the Canadians. And since then, you know, the second and third period in that game, and then obviously the entire game today, Georgiev playing well, chipping in to this hot streak that the Rangers find themselves in. Rangers shaking up their lines a little bit prior to this game. Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strone, Capo Caco on the first line. It's funny, I swear I had this thought that it might not be the worst idea to move Caco up a line or two just to get him out there and try to get him going a little bit because, you know, Caco was really starting to put the pieces together before he got sick. He had the two goals against Pittsburgh, including the overtime game winner. Then he caught the flu, had to miss the next two games, and that kind of slowed him down a little bit. I don't know, maybe he wasn't 100% for all the games since he's been back, but since he returned, he scored two, or he, rather, he had two assists in his first game back, but then went pointless for the next five games, and that changes today. He assists on the first goal. We'll get to that in just a second. But very happy to see Kako, you know, mixing back in and just being more visible out there because even if he was off of the score sheet tonight, and again, he only had the one assist, but even if he, you know, didn't contribute in any meaningful way on the stat sheet, you could at least 
use the eye test and you could see him out there and you could see he was a lot more visible. He was a lot more engaged, a lot more involved in the attack. You know, a little bit of a ghost for a few games before. That'll happen. You know, he's a young player and, again, still recovering from the flu. But good things from Kako tonight, taking advantage of moving up to the first line with Panarin and Strom. And then the second line, Brendan Lemieux moves up a line as well. He is on the left wing along with Mika Zibanejad at center and Pavel Buchnevich at right wing. The third line, Philip Heal centering Chris Kreider and Jesper Foss. Again, we talked about this in our last episode as well, but Foss is your swingman. He's the guy that's going to move up and down and up and down and left and right and all over the place in this starting lineup. It's a valuable player to have. As we said, he's not out of place no matter which line he's on or who you put him out there with. And, you know, I know a little, I know some people were a little bit upset that he was down to the fourth line, but again, that was only ever going to be temporary. He's going to continue to move around and in this game back up to the third line. And then your fourth line, you've got Brett Howden centering Michael Haley and Brendan Smith. I think it's fine to move Brett Howden down. You know, we haven't gotten a ton out of him. And again, he'll eventually work his way back up. You know, Quinn, Quinn's going to mix and match it sometimes here. But but yeah, it's fine, I think, having Howden on the fourth line for a game. And as you may have noticed, no Booney Aves and Michael Haley is in. I think that's a little bit of a product of playing the New Jersey Devils. It's a rivalry game. The teams are going to mix it up here and there. For Rangers versus Devil Standards, this was actually one of the more civil games that they've played, I would say. But still, you got to have Michael Haley out there just in case anything goes down. If somebody's going to drop the gloves, it's probably going to be him. I mean, could be somebody else, but Haley's a very likely candidate. And then on defense, you've got Brady Shea and Jacob Truba. You've got Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. And you've got Liber Hayek and Tony D'Angelo. Jesper Foss, on his first shift of the game, suffers uh, an apparent injury. He went off to the locker room, got checked at, and just came back a little bit later. So he missed a little bit of time, but not too much. He's tough. We know that. And hopefully everything okay with Jesper Foss moving forward. Then early in this one, a really bad giveaway by Liber Hayek to Zajac behind the Ranger net. The puck comes out in front to Zajac, and he just puts a shot off the far post. Hayek's got to be more careful here. I mean, you can't just pass from behind your own net in front like that. There's really nothing to gain, even if you hit this pass, and there's everything to lose because if you miss this pass, you're giving the Devils a big-time quality scoring opportunity that they did absolutely nothing to earn. Rangers catch a bit of a break here. Uh, Zajac puts the puck off the post. Jacob Truba goes in along the boards, plays the puck on net, and Blackwood, who was in net for the Devils, may not have known where the puck was. Lemieux was right there on the doorstep. I don't know how he didn't score here, but he backhanded it right off the post. So just two or three minutes into this game, and both teams have already drawn iron. But yeah, Lemieux had a wide-open net here. You really got to bury this one. He won't get a better opportunity than that. I'm not going to kill Lemieux. I mean, this guy plays his heart out every night, but yeah, I just don't know how he missed this one. Now, we talked about Kako. The game is still scoreless at this point, and Kako makes a really aggressive play in the neutral zone to steal the puck. Vatanen gets back for the Devils and prevents Kako from taking a shot, so a good play on his end as well. But Kako, again, just mixing it up more than he had in recent games, more visible on the ice. It goes back the other way. I believe it was Gusev. He takes a shot, and Georgiev, with a really nice save, he squares it up, catches it in the breadbasket, holds for a stoppage, still scoreless. Kreider draws a penalty, so the Rangers get the first power play of the game with 9.03 remaining in the opening period. And again, you know, I know Ranger fans want them to shoot the puck more. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you for the most part. And about 10 seconds into this power play, Panarin has the puck. He's primed to just let it rip from the right circle, and instead he tries to make, you know, a really tough pass, not even a high percentage pass. It's one thing if you if it's a pass that you're pretty sure you can hit on, and you're pretty sure it's going to create a great scoring opportunity, but... This was a tough pass, and he could not connect. I didn't even see who he was moving the puck to. 
Uh, just shoot. You know, I do think there's times where we as fans can be a little too demanding and put a little too much pressure on the Rangers to shoot more. But in this case, I think it was warranted. And Pan it's Panarin. You know, he's got a great shot. So just fire it at the net. Take your chances. See if you can get one past the goalie. This power play overall just not going very well, at least in the early goings. The Rangers turn the puck over in the neutral zone. The Devils dump it into the Rangers zone. And that bleeds, you know, at least a good solid 20 seconds off of the man advantage. But then Kako with a beautiful pass in deep to Adam Fox on the doorstep, put it right on the tape. Fox stuffs it home. Kako really put some extra sauce on this pass. I mean, he really had to fire it over there because there were a lot of bodies, a lot of sticks in his way. Somehow he gets it through all that, and Adam Fox is right there, and he stuffs it home. And just like that, a power play goal late in the man advantage, and the Rangers up one to nothing here in the first period. At this point, Jesper Foss is back on the ice for the Rangers as well. Alex Georgiev makes a nice pad save against Wood. Again, he's not under, like, tremendously heavy fire here in the first period, but he has been there when the Rangers have needed him. Fast and Hedl go in on the rush. Hedl receives a pass from Foss and tries to deflect it home with his skate. He was really running out of real estate there. He didn't really have a lot of room to maneuver. That was kind of his only play, but off of Hedl's skate and just wide of the net. And then Hall and Palmieri back the other way, go in on a two-on-one for the Devils. Hall passes to his right to Kyle Palmieri. Palmieri... Puts it off the crossbar, and the puck goes out of play. So the Devils hitting the post twice. Rangers catching a couple of breaks here. Georgiev catching a couple of breaks, but you got to take it. And again, like we said, sometimes the post, that's just part of the goalie's equipment. But then with 31 seconds left in the period, Strom catches Palmieri with a high stick in the neutral zone, and he goes off for two minutes. So the Devils get their first of, like we said, eight power plays. Eight power plays but they don't score on any of them and the Rangers get an immediate clear here from Ryan Lindgren and in the closing seconds Hall passes to Heeshear Georgiev squares it up makes the stop as time expires and the Rangers go into the break still leading one to nothing so we go to the second period and the Rangers enter this game 12 for their last 13 on the penalty kill, and that jumped up quite a bit. Now 20 of their last 21. So quite the turnaround for this unit that was giving up power play goals left and right. They have been outstanding as of late. It helps that the Devils were completely anemic and stationary on the man advantage. But nevertheless, hey, 8 for 8 on the penalty kill is 8 for 8 on the penalty kill. Again, you don't want to spend that much time in the penalty box, but if you're going to, the penalty kill needs to step up, and they did that here today. And they've got a minute and a half to kill here when the second period begins. Uh, good play by Brett Howden. He takes the puck away at the Ranger blue line, skates into the Devil's zone. And then Lemieux takes control and kind of just plays keep away deep in the Devil's zone. He's kind of just dancing along the boards, and the Devils just can't really get near him. You know, he's, he's very slippery on this play. He passes back to a defenseman on the Rangers. The defenseman shoots it back down into the New Jersey zone. Devils do absolutely nothing on this power play, so a great job by the penalty killers. The one weird thing here is that the Devils did absolutely nothing, like we said, on their power play, but this is also maybe when they got one of their better pushes of the game, at least in the minute or two that follow here. They're really swarming in the Rangers zone, and it leads to the Rangers taking another penalty, and this is probably the Devils' best-looking power play of the night because the Ranger penalty killers, it was Shea, Truba, Strom, and I didn't see who the fourth one was. It might have been Howden, but I, I can't say for sure. But they're out there forever. And with about 12 seconds left on this power play, Strom finally gets the clear. The Devils don't put any shots on goal on this power play, but they had the Rangers back on their heels for the whole two minutes. The Rangers hang in there. They preserve the lead. 
And like we said, you know, for Rangers-Devils, this is not one of the nastier games you're going to see as far as, you know, extracurriculars after the play and people dropping their gloves and, you know, the occasional line fight, you know, things like that. But that's about to change here, at least momentarily. Wood crashes the net. Georgiev dives on top of the puck before Wood can get there. And then Wood and Lindgren basically just get into a wrestling match in front of the Ranger net. They're kind of, you know, just, just grappling back and forth there. You know, Wood came in aggressively. Lindgren didn't like it. Wood didn't like that Lindgren didn't like it. And, you know, one thing leads to another, and that's just how it goes sometimes. Refs break it up. Uh, these hey, these two teams behave themselves for as long as they could. I mean, they, they don't like each other. This is an intense rivalry game. There's 14 minutes left in the second period. And really, this is our first dust-up of the game. But, you know, hey, it's Rangers and Devils. It's only a matter of time before you're going to get some action after the whistle. So still one nothing at this point. The Devils go in on the rush, and Brady Shea goes off with a hooking penalty. So the Rangers have now taken three penalties in the span of about seven or eight minutes. It's like as soon as they kill off a power play, somebody's going right back into the penalty box. At the very least, the penalties that the Rangers have been taking in this game are at least somewhat understandable because they've come as a result of the Devils, you know, kind of being in the Rangers zone and moving the puck around and looking at least quasi-dangerous. So it's not, you know, the mind-numbing penalties that the Rangers were taking earlier in the season when they weren't playing so well, where they're just taking slashing penalties in the neutral zone and, you know, boarding penalties in the offensive zone. These are at least penalties that are being committed because the Rangers are doing whatever they need to do to keep the Devils from scoring or creating a quality opportunity. So you can at least understand where they're coming from. But again, you don't want to be taking three penalties in seven or eight minutes. Not a recipe for success. Devils go back on the power play. They get a few chances. Palmieri puts the puck just wide. Ryan Lindgren with a big clear about midway through the power play. And the Rangers kill that one off as well. Philip Heedle takes a high stick from Zajac uh, about midway through the second period. And the Rangers go on the power play again. Zibanejad winds up, cranks a slap shot, but Blackwood makes a save and freezes the puck. The Rangers do not score on this man advantage. And then Chris Kreider tries to spring Mika Zibanejad on a breakaway, but he couldn't quite complete the pass. The puck went on net, and Blackwood covers for a stoppage. Then back the other way. This is Georgiev's best sequence of the game so far, maybe his best sequence of the entire game. Just makes an outstanding couple of saves here. The Devils went in fast on the rush. Uh, Georgiev gives up a rebound on the initial shot, but he moves to his left and stops the rebound opportunity. So a clutch clutch pair of saves from Alex Georgiev to that point. He hadn't faced anything like that to that point in the game, so to come up with, with those two stops there was big time, and again, preserves the lead. Again, listen, if the Devils get the equalizer in any of these sequences, we don't know how the rest of this game unfolds. Maybe that just kind of gets the ball rolling for the Devils, and they kind of just, you know, rediscover a little bit of confidence, but Georgiev stones them here, does not allow them to score, and preserves the lead for the Rangers. Rangers are in the middle of a line change, and we get called for a too-many-men penalty again. Uh, this one was just kind of bad luck. There have been a couple mental lapses earlier than this in this season. I think even the last game where the Rangers have been penalized for having too many men on the ice. This one, again, just kind of bad luck. Uh, the puck just happened to make contact with Zibanejad as he was about to go over the boards there. But again, you know, this is now four power play opportunities for the Devils in this period. The first one was a carryover from the first period, but still you're playing with fire here. I know the Devils have looked very bad on the man advantage, but it's rare that you can give a team this many power plays in such a short amount of time and live to tell about it. However, 
The Devils on the power play. Brett Howden with another nice play on the penalty kill here. He kind of keeps the puck pinned to the boards in the neutral zone for a few seconds. It was quite the battle. Howden wins the battle. Brendan Smith gets a clear, and the Boo Birds are out for the Devils in response to this awful performance that they're having on the power play in this game. I mean, yes, the Ranger penalty kill was awesome, but the Devils, they're not really making it that tough. You look at even when they gain entry, you look at it, and they're, they're just standing there like statues. You know, nobody's moving around. It's quite the contrast from the Rangers power play. 32 seconds left in the second period, and the Rangers take another penalty. Liber Hayek catching Wayne Simmons behind the Ranger net with a high stick. Cut him under the eye, so that's an automatic double minor. And a double minor, basically two penalties in one. So the Rangers have now taken six penalties in the last 20 minutes. At this point, you're not just playing with fire. You're pouring gasoline onto that fire. Because, yes, the Devils have struggled on the man advantage, but you give any hockey team this many opportunities, you're usually going to pay for it. But the Rangers, once again, they kill off this entire double minor. It starts here with the last 32 seconds of the second period. The Rangers win a faceoff, and Shea gets an immediate clear. A big hit by Jacob Truba. Truba was really uh, throwing his weight around in this one. He clobbers Taylor Hall in the neutral zone. The Devils get to the puck with seven seconds left. Georgiev gets on top of the puck, and Truba and Heischer in a shoving match in the crease. Truba playing a strong game, like we said this afternoon. I think Truba's starting to find his game a little bit. He started hot with the Rangers. Then he kind of, you know, he faded a little bit for a few games, but he's starting to get involved again on both sides of the rink. So Jacob Truba starting to pick it up, starting to become the player that the Rangers hoped they were trading for in the offseason. So we jump to the third period. The Devils have another 328 remaining in the double minor. And Georgiev makes a great save when Taylor Hall fires from the right faceoff circle. Brett Howden wins the ensuing faceoff. The Rangers get a clear, and Brendan Smith makes a really nice play to break up a pass and deflect the puck into the neutral zone. Ryan Strom gets a clear, and the Devils continue to just get booed out of their own building for this lifeless power play. And then just an absolutely beautiful shorthanded goal for the Rangers. Zibanejad steals the puck in the neutral zone. A really bad turnover by the Devils, but Zibanejad was there. He picks off the pass. He plays the puck softly to his right to Lemieux. Lemieux moves in and holds the puck for about as long as he can, passes back to his left to Zibanejad, and Zibanejad puts it home, 2 to nothing Rangers, and what a job by this penalty kill unit. If you thought the Boo Birds were out before in New Jersey, they were absolutely deafening after this. And then when this double minor eventually ends, you do hear some cheers in the Prudential Center because there was, as there usually is, there's a decent contingent of Ranger fans and just very appreciative of the hard work of this penalty kill unit. Again, they have now killed off all six Devils power play opportunities to this point, and they've also scored really a game-changing, I don't want to say game-changing because the Rangers already had the lead and they were already, for the most part, in control, you know, Although with these penalties, you can't really say they were in control, I suppose. But bottom line, this penalty kill unit, not only killing off all these power plays, but they score a goal of their own and they put the Rangers up 2-0, give them a little bit of breathing room here in the third period. And then Chris Kreider takes a really bad penalty behind the Devil's net. He goes off for boarding now. There was some debate about whether this, you know, first of all, is a penalty at all. And secondly, should it be a double minor? Should it be a five-minute major? The referees looked at it, and they gave Kreider a five-minute major for this, a boarding penalty, which seemed a little excessive. Kreider was going in hard. He's forechecking, and he's going behind the net. And Tennyson is there along the boards. And Kreider, it looks like he's about to hit him from the side, you know, put, put a hit into his shoulder, basically. And at the last second, Tennyson starts to turn his back because he's trying to get the puck. And Kreider just basically crashes right into him. There, there was no stopping at that point. And it's a five-minute major. 
I don't know. I mean, a five-minute major, that's too much here. I, I don't think this is a dirty play by Kreider. I think he's just, he's a physical player. He's looking to go in and put a big hit on this guy. Certainly, I don't think there was any, you know, malicious intent there. And the fact that, you know, Tennyson turned his back at the last second, I don't know what Kreider is supposed to do. I mean, this is almost like, you know, a situation in the NFL where sometimes, you know, there, there's helmet-to-helmet contact and there's not much you can do. It's a split-second reaction that the officials are asking players to have in the NFL and also here. I mean, Kreider didn't know that this guy was going to turn his back. So, yeah, I mean, maybe you kind of compromise and you give Kreider maybe like a two-minute minor for boarding because, you know, again, he did knock him headfirst into the boards. I believe Tennyson was cut on this play as well. But again, there's no malicious intent there, and he turned his back at the last second. There's not a whole lot you can do if you're Kreider on this play. Uh, there's a big skirmish. There's a whistle, a big skirmish, a couple guys going after Kreider. But again, five minutes, that that seemed excessive for this, and Kreider is out of the game. So now the Devils down by two goals. This is basically their invitation to get back in the game if they can finally break through on the power play. But nothing doing. The Ranger penalty kill is just not going to have it. The Rangers break out almost immediately here on a three-on-one. So Zibanejad had the puck, and he was looking to you know zip out of the zone really quick there. The puck was knocked away from him, but Jacob Truba immediately picked it up. This is all happening in the Rangers' zone. And Truba... Passes ahead to Zibanejad because by this point, Zibanejad has already, he's seen the play develop. He's already started his way into the neutral zone. Truba finds him with a lead pass, and it's Zibanejad with the puck and Truba to his left and Jesper Foss to his far left. All three of those guys go in on the three-on-one. Zibanejad moves into the devil's zone. He passes to his left to Jesper Foss, and Foss shoots and scores Three to nothing Rangers, their second shorthanded goal of the day, and the Rangers now lead the NHL with six shorthanded goals on the season. So the five minute major to Kreider continues, but it goes to a four on four because Zabanajek gets another shorthanded chance. He gets behind the defense and he draws a slashing penalty. So we're gonna go four on four for the next two minutes. Could you imagine if Zabanajad scored there? It would have been two goals on the five-minute major to Kreider and three total shorthanded goals on the afternoon. That would just have been wild. But bottom line, Zibanejad, nice play here, draws the penalty, and it's now four on four, and then the Devils have about 130 to work with after that, you know, because that's how much time will be left on the penalty to Kreider. And the four on four, the Rangers at this point just skating circles around the Devils. You got D'Angelo, Fox, Panarin, and Hedl out there, and they're just swarming the New Jersey zone. The Devils look like they don't know what hit them. They They just are not playing with any kind of confidence right now. They're really back on their heels. And the Rangers, not even a ton of great scoring opportunities here, but it was just so much fun to watch these guys just move the puck and just, you know, have the Devils kind of looking like deer in headlights. Again, no great scoring chances, but the Rangers, you know, keep control of the puck here. The Devils go back on the power play for the rest of the penalty against Chris Kreider, but the Rangers kill that off as well. Georgiev makes an excellent save on the rush. The Ranger defenseman, I missed who it was. He kind of gambled and lost. He dove in to try to break up a pass, and he, he missed the puck entirely, and it leads to the Devils rushing into the Rangers' zone. Georgiev makes a great save in deep. The rebound is there. Georgiev's kind of flailing, trying to get on top of it. He's down on the ice. The Devils are whacking away at it, but Georgiev keeps the puck out, eventually gets on top of it, preserves his shutout. Georgiev comes up with another tough save. He kicks out his pad to deny Vatanen with about six minutes left. And then Simmons and Lindgren get mixed up, and they both go off with matching minors with about 320 or so remaining in the game. The Devils pull their goalie with 250 left, just trying to get something going. And this about sums up how this day went really for both teams. Because less than 10 seconds after the Devils pulled their goalie, Brady Shea clears the Rangers' zone, lifts it into the neutral zone, and the puck slides right into the empty net. 
4-0 Rangers with 2.42 to go. This is a long goal. I mean, Shea was kind of in the corner, you know, in his own zone, and he just lifts the puck out, and it just trickles right in before the Devils can get back and get there and prevent the puck from going into the twine. 4-0 Rangers, game over at this point. And at this point, the only thing you want is a shutout for Georgiev, and he indeed closes it out. Not really a ton of scoring opportunities. I mean, the Devils are a beaten team at this point. We get some beautiful sights and sounds to close out this game. Devils fans are leaving. Rangers fans are cheering on the road. And the Rangers close it out. A 4-0 victory. Just an outstanding performance by the Blue Shirts. And we've talked about how the Rangers have kind of won in a lot of very unique ways because they are now 4-0-1 in their last five games. And that's great. Any team in hockey will take a stretch like that. Nine points out of a possible ten. But you look at this, think about all the different ways the Rangers have won games during this this stretch. You get an epic comeback down by four goals on the road against Montreal. You're down 4 nothing in that one. You come back and win 6-5. to five. Then you get into a seesaw back-and-forth battle with the Minnesota Wild. You tie that game late, and you win it in overtime. And then you get a game at home against a tough Carolina Hurricanes team. You get up 3 nothing on the strength of a big-time first period. The Hurricanes come roaring back in that one, but the Rangers hold them off for a 3-2 victory. Then, of course, you know, you get the 3-2 overtime loss to the Bruins. You know what happens. Bruins are a tough team. It was on the road. And then, finally, the one thing you haven't had in this stretch, this 4-0-1 stretch that the Rangers are on, you have not had a dominant, basically just butt-kicking, and that's what we got here against the Devils. Again, I mean, I, I realize the Rangers, you know, it's not like they had an enormous lead from the opening face-off to the final buzzer. But I felt like they were in control. Minus the penalties, they were in control of this game. They always had the better of play, especially when the teams were at even strength. And again, the Devils not really doing much on the power play anyway. That's a combination of excellent penalty killing from the Rangers and just awful power play uh, performance from the Devils. But the Rangers with a blowout win, taking down the Devils 4 to nothing. So finally, a win that we don't have to sweat out as fans. But yeah, all four of these wins just very unique from one another. They've done it in a variety of different ways, and that's a good sign because you've got a young team that's figuring it out and learning how to win in different ways. There's a lot of different ways to win in this league, and the Rangers in these last four wins that they've claimed, all four of them, again, very different, very unique from one another. So that's going to do it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this special Sunday edition of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. Once again, if you want to get in touch with the show, if you have a question, a comment, a concern, a statement, whatever you got, send it to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Or give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. We're back here with a brand new episode tomorrow. The Rangers will be in action Monday night against the Vegas Golden Knights. So we're going to talk about that and some other things as well. I'll see you guys back here for that. Until next time.